Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. All of Original Sprout's products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you love lactation tea but hate the taste, nursing time tea is right for you. And we will hear more from our sponsors later. Um, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you ever need anything. See if you can give them any of your business um, because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we will send our episodes straight to your inbox every week. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. And our review of the week ties in with today's episode. We always know that I try to do that, but it doesn't always work out well. I just, you know. <laughs> it sounds excited about that. Because I love myths. It sounds like you have a big smile on your face. I do. I probably look like the shoe store because I've got like I've got these, you know, these big headphones on and my glasses. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't talked about this in a really long time. But Diane and I, I don't know if anybody knows, Diane and I are not in the same room. We are. I live in Chicago and she lives in Rochester, so we can't. I can't see her or anything. Because that happens in podcasts sometimes, like everybody's sitting in like a studio or something, but yeah, we don't no. live near each other. We are not so that cool. So we can't, we're, we're experiencing this conversation just the way as every, you know, as everybody is experiencing this conversation. It's just most of the people can't respond. Right. I wish they could though. That would be oh fun. Oh my God, that would be fun. So this comes from my girl, Ashley, and she actually text or she actually emailed us at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And she emailed a couple times and said that we should just call this episode things that Ashley hears because um she oh my just God, that's funny gets like I don't know she just has these people telling her all this crazy information so thankfully she thinks to email and be like is this right doesn't seem right so this one's a good one hi ladies I am absolutely obsessed with your podcast it has helped me out tremendously and helps me ease my anxieties about certain things in so many ways I recently saw my pediatrician and she caused me a bit of a confusion and I'm hoping you can please clear up for me I have a decent freezer stash of milk from the months of November to January now in context this was sent in March like mid-march my baby turned seven months today so I pumped what I pumped when she was four to six months old, if I can do the math. I asked my pediatrician if it would be okay if I made bottles for daycare using that milk if needed, and she said that it was not a good idea to do that. She said she doesn't recommend to feed three-month-old frozen milk because it loses nutritional value. She also said that the milk my seven-month-old needs now is made up of different stuff. I know you ladies mentioned that milk adapts as the baby grows, so I'm wondering if you don't mind expanding on that. She said the only thing she would use freezer milk for is for milk baths and I guess other uses. Is there any studies on freezer milk and nutritional value? Oh, last thing. She said that previously frozen milk may upset my baby's tummy. I have so many questions. I don't want to be scared to use my frozen stash, but I kind of am right now. My baby has been exclusively breastfed up to this point. I sent breast milk to daycare during the week. Would my frozen breast milk be better than formula? I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but I'm so curious. I know a few other moms who are intimidated about frozen milk as well, so I hope to enlighten them. Thanks for all you do. You help so many women every single day. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> this is the beginning of our myths episode. So, yeah, everybody. here we go. Here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. If you've never been through a myths episode, <laughs> get ready. So I have a question. 
if so we have like the shittiest maternity leave in this country right we have like so many people going back to work at like three weeks two weeks six weeks three months whatever insane amounts of time so all of these people are upsetting their baby's stomachs and using frozen milk that they shouldn't be using and it's damaging the babies and obviously pumping for no reason because you're not supposed to use frozen milk for them according to this pediatrician to begin with right if it's not if you can't use it what kind of sense does this even make? Because it doesn't even make any sense. People, I swear to God, pediatricians do not listen to the words coming out of their damn mouths. <laughs> so, of course, I answered her. I was like, there's nothing wrong with your frozen milk. Just like anything that's frozen, it does lose some nutritional value. However, it does not lose that much. So it is okay to use. Um, and I kind of went on about, you know, the bullshit, whatever. But I also told her, because a lot of people do ask about okay, what if I pumped milk a couple of months ago? You know, can I use it? I know it's going to be different nutritionally for my baby and blah, blah, blah. It's not that much that's going to make such a huge difference for your baby. People use frozen milk all the time. Yeah, when we talk about the how milk changes as babies get older, how, how, how um, milk changes when it's frozen, things like this, what we're doing is sharing scientific information. I look, we're like, how cool is the body? that it can make milk for a one week old and then a four week old and a six month old. That's different. That meets their nutritional needs at that time. We're not saying that you can't, you know, that, that like you're damaging your baby. If you feed breast milk from a different month, we're simply saying that look how cool this is. Yeah. But we also live in a society where like you need to pump and go to work and you're totally fit. Your baby is going to be totally fine. You know, what's nutrient, you know, what doesn't, you know, what is not, good for well, I don't want to say that it's better than formula like yeah. way better yeah it's like not even it's like it's like the teeniest tiniest second to you know milk out the boob it's perfect it's wonderful like it's great do it's good I mean there's there are parents out there and you know you got to, they deserve some sort of award that exclusively pump. What are all those babies like nutritionally damaged? Come on. Yeah. Like, which is it? It's like, I'm I'm sorry. I put an animal cracker in my mouth. (laughs) Cause I thought I was going to be able to go longer without talking, but guess who's here? I'm here. Never, never goes very long without talking. I don't remember what I was going to say. But it really, and one of the things that I also try to remind parents, if you are somebody who is feeding at the breast and also giving frozen milk because you went back to work, you're also giving, your baby's also getting milk right at the breast that is, you know, nutritionally significant for that moment in time. So it's mixing in with the other milk too. Like there's a balance there. It's all okay. And it's all better than only just giving your baby formula. Yeah, here's what I was going to say. We're constantly like, okay, breast milk, breast milk, give your baby breast milk, do whatever you can do to give your baby breast milk. Oh, but you know, not in all the other times when, you know, most people will be living through, like not if you have to pump, which most people do are going to have to because they're going to have to go to work. It doesn't make any sense. Like pumped breast milk is like fantastic. Like do that. That's wonderful. Frozen milk. Do it. Yeah. So that is our first myth. And thank you so much for getting us started off here, um, Ashley, and by sending us the email. The other thing I love about this, and we get this a lot too, and I never usually um, I never usually talk about how great it is, but I love how she's like, 
is there any studies on freezer milk and nutritional value? I love that our yeah. listeners are learning what they need to learn so that they can arm themselves with the information that they need. I love that. So, yeah, despite what amazing. the doctor said. Right. You know, it's like, oh, now and we're starting to learn, like, oh, we might need to double check what our doctors say. We might need to get an opinion on somebody who's maybe more of an expert in a certain area than they are. Because yeah. you know what? There are people out there that are more of an expert in an area than your doctor is. Yeah. But we are like not trained to think about this. We're like, doctor is almighty, knows everything. No, unfortunately not when it comes to <laughs> breastfeeding and other things too, but breastfeeding yeah. for sure. Uh, so, all right. So you got one too, right? Because we usually go back and forth. So. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, I and I'm just taking mine from like, Questions that I've gotten over the past couple of months. Yeah, that's usually where they come from. That is where they come from. Mm -hmm. I'm not making this up is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> some people are like, no, there's no way that somebody like thinks these things or whatever. Oh, yes, there is. But there are. And there's people out there telling people this stuff. So um, somebody and this is like I can understand where somebody would be concerned about this. So somebody because some of them are understandable. We just need more information. Some of them are super outlandish. Um, and then people are questioning for a reason. They're like, is that really true? <laughs> because it doesn't sound right. But this one is kind of understandable. So somebody messaged me asking if, or saying that she had been avoiding comfort nursing because she was afraid it was going to give her an oversupply. Aww. So she was like, I don't know if I should leave them on the breast, if that's just going to make my body just like keep making too much milk, like, you know the baby will, the body, because the baby's at the breast so long, the ba body will think that there's more babies nursing and then we'll just keep making more milk and then you'll end up with an oversupply. But that is not the case. Comfort nursing is part of breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. That is, it's all part of the same package and it's very natural and um, it will not give you an oversupply. Because the baby is not, when they're comfort nursing, they're not actually like you know, taking milk out. Yeah, I was just about to say, they're just kind of like suckling. Or just sitting Not there. Not nutritive sucking is what we call it. Like, it yeah. just. And it's actually, that is actually good for maintaining your supply, but it won't give you an oversupply. It's not like they're pumping the breast. Like, it's, yeah, yeah it's totally Yeah, constantly, different. constantly, constantly removing milk, removing too much milk, then you'll end up with an oversupply. Right. But comfort nursing is like, comfort nursing is... I think we talk about comfort nursing as if it's this kind of separate animal and it's like, should we do it? Should we not do it? Do they need to do it? Do they don't, do they not need to do it? Like at what age should they stop doing it? And it's like, it's not comfort nursing is not a separate thing. Like just being at the breast, whether they're actually swallowing milk or not is what babies are wired to do. They're wired to be comforted there. It's mm -hmm. not like an extra thing. It's not, um, it's not just a, you know, a thing that you can add or subtract from other types of breastfeeding. It's just all one thing. It's just as natural and just as normal as drinking the milk. Sleeping there and not drinking is just as normal. That always makes me think of when people say, oh, the baby's just using me as a pacifier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hate that. I, it yeah. like makes my skin crawl. And I hear all the time people say that, oh, the baby's just using me as a pacifier at that point. And it's like, oh my God. I yeah, just, right. Because we have such a, I feel like we're we're just like 
we have this idea in our culture or something that like babies are manipulating us, that we need to create distance, that we need to, you know, don't comfort them too much, comfort them just enough. But then if it's too much, it'll make them, you know, yeah, manipulative and needy. Yeah. yeah. Like and it's, and that that's just, it's so, it's actually so completely the opposite. It's not even just wrong. It's like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, the more that you are meeting their needs, the more that you are, you know, fostering that dependence on you. This is what leads to independence later. Yes. I don't know why people expect babies to be independent. Like I, you know, they're, they're I know. I, we just don't, you know, and it comes back to two. I think we just don't understand babies. I had this conversation need. with actually with one of our listeners that did a consult with me not too long ago. And, um, you know, our baby's three months old. And was she was getting pushback from, you know, from family members, to, you know, we need more. The baby won't nap because she's with you all that, you know, she always naps, falls asleep at the breast and she shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, she is a baby. Like she is three months old. Why are we expecting her to be able to live like a adult? Yeah. And we do expect that. We, we you do. should be able to just go to sleep on your own. You should be able to stop crying on your own. I'm not going to comfort you or provide you any nurturance because then that'll just, you'll just get used to it. Yeah. Just and by the it. way, independence is an, an illusion. Like we are, nobody is independent. We're humans. We are dependent on, on each other. We're social creatures. This is how we are supposed to be. You know, the, you know, creating distance from your babies and not fostering those needs early on, that doesn't lead to healthy adults. That doesn't lead to anything that you want for your kids. It's There's emotional consequences, psychological consequences, higher rates of depression and anxiety, substance, u- substance abuse, and all these things. And do you really want to be disconnected from your teenager? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't we want our children to need us? You know, I mean, if you don't foster that relationship with them early, they don't, you don't have that relationship with them later. That's true. Yeah, and, when they really need it. Right. When they're and really I, trying to figure out the world, they're not going to come to you. I just, I, and that's kind of one of the things that I was trying to tell, you know, this um, listener that we, that I was doing this consult with, I was like, you know, my daughter, I mean, and it's, you know, my boys too, I'm connected to obviously, but it's different with my daughter and like, we're, I'm very connected to my kids and they're older teens and there's no way we would have that relationship. I firmly believe we would not have that relationship if it didn't start when they were super young, like babies, infants young, like yeah. if you just don't have that. And then you can't start fostering that when they become, you know, 14, 15 years old and they're starting to struggle trying to figure out their world. You can't just go, oh, now we can have a close relationship. No, it doesn't work like that. Right. Now that you're an adult, now we can have an adult relationship. Nah, it doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. No. And that kind of leads me to my next one in a way was um, I had a family, baby's three days old, and they said, but we were told that the baby shouldn't sleep at the breast. Like, I dare you. That was on my list, too. Oh, was it? Yes, because it comes up so much. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I dare you to try not to get your three-day-old baby to not sleep at the breast. Yeah. I mean, I... Like, if you can do that, you belong in a medical journal somewhere because <laughs> you cannot get your three-day-old to not sleep at the breast. I'm sorry. 
It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And then your baby will be in a mental institution later. <laughs> just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. But still, like you, that's just part of it. It is part of the nurturing is that's where they're safe. That's where they're comfortable. That's where they doze off. It just happens. But oh, if you let them do that, then they're going to think that that's what they can do because they're manipulating you, right? Like, right. No, it's you- all part of that. Yeah. There's so much of this. There's so many aspects to come at this whole that this this larger problem of not wanting to to form attachment with babies, wanting to create d- detachment. Mm-hmm. And it comes from, you know, don't let your baby use you as a pacifier. Don't let them fall asleep at the breast. Don't answer them when they're crying. Right. I mean, it's insane. It's actually insane. This mm-hmm. is like symptoms of a very, very sick culture. Yeah, it's crazy. And we can't, you can't tell me that like, you walk around your life and around this world and think that you're looking at healthy adults. Cause this was, this type of parenting has been very, very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, this has been the kind of main form of, you know, cry it out, you know, don't, don't comfort them. Don't answer them, you know? And I don't, I mean, when I walk around my life, of course I let, you know, there's, I have friends and all that, but, like you look at <laughs> you look at people like we've all got issues, right? We've all got but I look around the world and I like I'm like, this isn't like maybe we should try something else. <laughs> this isn't or working. I'll just look at myself, you know, like maybe maybe we can just do something else. Maybe we'll just try it. You know, yeah. try something else. Why don't we try, you know, what you know, what child development tells us, what 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 like science tells us about babies. Nature tells us about babies and like foster those needs. Let's let's see what they do. If they're coming to your breast and they're falling asleep and they keep doing that over and over again, why, why don't let's just stop for a second and be like, mm, maybe that's what is helping. Maybe that's helping them sleep. Maybe that's making them feel safe and comforted. Mm-hmm. So should we do our ads? Oh, my God. Okay. Abby's putting a buzzkill on my myths episode, everybody. <laughs> I am? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now we're all like, oh, the myth. <laughs> all the babies are abused. No, they're not abused. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's like you're going to end up with a, an adult, you know, yeah, one way or the other. It's just like, why don't right. we? <laughs> it really just, yeah, it does fuck people up. And that's what I, I was telling, you know, I was telling this one, you know, listener that I was doing the consult with because a lot of the guidance that is being offered to her is from a grandparent and I was like but back when she had kids that was like a business transaction you had a baby you fed them you changed them you put them down like that's what happened and that's that's how those kids were brought up there wasn't any warmth and comfort there I have to tell a story should I tell the story I'll tell a story after our ads okay so just hang on (laughs) Everybody For my amazing on. story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. We'll be back. Today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. The Reef Safe Face and Body Sunscreen is SPF 27 and made with 10% non-nanoparticles of natural zinc for broad-spectrum protection against both UVA and UVB rays. The gentle formula won't clog pores and is safe for babies, children, and adults. Protect your skin from damage 
from the sun for long-term skin health. All of Original Sprouts products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. Made for babies, perfect for grown-ups too. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your order. That's OriginalSprout.com, code BADASS for 25% off. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you love lactation tea but hate the taste? Most lactation teas have an earthy flavor that some people do not find refreshing. Fairhaven Health Nursing Time Tea is a caffeine-free, all-natural herbal lactation tea with a light lemon taste that you can enjoy. Nursing Time Tea is made with herbs such as fennel seed, goat's root, and blessed thistle that have been used for centuries to support healthy milk supply and soothe an upset tummy. All ingredients are high-quality, organic, wild-crafted, and contain no preservatives or additives. Nurture yourself and your milk supply with Nursing Time Tea. It can be made hot or cold, which is awesome for when you forget about it, which I still do, and I don't even have babies. It's a great way to maintain your hydration while supporting your milk supply. Head to Fairhaven Health, that's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com, and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. Fairhavenhealth.com, code BADASS for 15% off. And all of our sponsors and the uh, promo codes can be found in the episode description under the title of this episode, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Um, And you can find it on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, on our show notes or on our sponsor page and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will find further information about things we talk about in this episode, our breastfeeding resources, all of them. Information that you need to schedule your one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, what's your story? And now I have a story. So I'm um, every once in a while I get really into like trashy TV to take my mind off the world, oh. and so I'm in the middle of watching The Bachelor. Oh my god! I don't know whatever. Um, I don't even remember his name. Oh Ben, it's whatever Ben's season is. And uh, so one of the ladies that makes it to the end, to the you know whatever he she has two kids two young kids like a two-year-old and a three-year-old and so he goes over to her her uh family and you know he meets the kids and he all this and the one the two-year-old is like exhausted like i'm you know it's the whole day of like filming i'm sure the kid is just like overwhelmed and tired and um so she's like okay i'm gonna take her upstairs and put her down for a nap so and the guy goes with her i don't know why but they, they're like, both go upstairs to this room. She's crying. She's screaming. She's crying. She's like totally off the wall bonkers, like melting down. She puts her in her crib and she goes, okay, let's just like, well, she'll just go to sleep if we just, if we just leave. And so they walk out and shut the door. And I'm like, okay. How'd there that you work have out it. For them? Yeah, there. That that's it. That's what people. This is this is what people are told to do, and this is what is so common in our culture. <sighs> I'm like, I'm thinking, like, oh, like she'll go upstairs, and she's gonna have to be up there for a little while because she's gonna have to like lay with the you know, rocker. She's gonna have to you rock know, her, snuggle. lay with her, do something yeah. like that to get her to sleep, and then that's an opportunity for the dude to like talk to her parents or whatever. Um, and uh. 
You all right over there? Yeah, my <laughs> my um, <laughs> my coffee was stuck to my coaster. My coffee oh. cup was stuck to my coaster. So then I picked up my coffee cup and my coaster went oh, flat. Oh, yeah, it with the like suction. It just, no, it just all my like shit's a... dirty. It's just sticky. Oh, gross. Know? I know. Um, clean my coaster. So, yeah, up. so this is just like, this is just the norm, you know, just norm, normal. Let's just leave her. She'll just fall asleep if we just get out of here. <laughs> right. And I mean, was the kids still thinking like, when they oh closed the door? Yeah. Mm. Wait, what did you say? Was the baby still screaming when they closed oh, yeah. the door? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Screaming her head off. Oh she was like gosh. way over the... She was like really, you know, like overtired. Like, yeah. you know, how they get when they're overtired. Yeah. Um, And I'm like... And, and I kind of have to go, oh, right. Okay. This is like most people don't lay, lay down with their kids. Like, like Exley's going to be eight in a couple of months. And I still lay... He still doesn't really go... He doesn't go to sleep unless I'm laying next to him. Mm. You know, Jack does jack maybe even did it no he didn't eddie no i don't know they just get used to it at some point jack was like you don't have to be in here anymore and i was like oh okay well i mean we typically don't fall asleep by ourselves no and i know there's people out there that are like i fall asleep better when there's nobody in my bed okay fine i get that like you know that but there's still usually people around or there's like some sense of you know connection to other humans like we're not just like tigers or there's just some there's something else you know like there for you know i've got you know if my husband's not there the dogs are there or you know i've got sound machine on or i can watch tv or i'm looking Mm -hmm. at my phone or i'm interacting on social media or you know something that is putting me in a headspace where i'm falling asleep we don't just lay in a dark room completely quiet with nothing and no other interaction with anybody or anything. And, and really upset. Right. And really upset and fall asleep. <laughs> well, I mean, and she probably did. She probably passed out from just like, you know, this is yeah. why people think that it works. Because exactly. we do things yeah. like cry it out because they do. They give up and pass out or they get, you know, they just they realize that no one's coming. And so they just are like, oh, God, you know, let me just go to sleep because this is scary. Um. But then we go, oh, they fell asleep. Oh, that worked really well. But we don't think about like what, you know, what that means for, you know, the bigger picture. Yeah. And how that is, you know, when they're forming relationships later on in life, too. I mean, like these things have consequences, like lifelong consequences. No pressure. I know. (laughs) Just your baby. (laughs) All right. I have one. That is so dumb. There's no consequences to it. And this was told to me or asked asked me by somebody who got this information from a nurse in the hospital, a mother baby nurse, before they discharged from the hospital, was told her, be careful with the baby suckling at the breast because the wet mouth and the nipple can cause thrush. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't even like say it without laughing. Be careful with the baby at the breast because the wet mouth, the baby's wet mouth on the nipple can cause thrush. Came from a nurse who should be trained in anything medical. Not everything medical, but you would think the basis of how somebody gets thrush would. Yeah. That's not how you get it. That's like, be careful when you're chewing food because... The saliva mixing with what you've put in your mouth can give you mouth sores. 
That, that's actually like what's supposed to be happening. I was like, what? I think like I thank goodness that I have to wear a mask still in the medical environment <laughs> because there yeah. are times where I'm like, what? And I'm just kind of like looking and I'm like, what? No, no. I don't know who told you that. I don't even like try to hide my. Yeah. Because I, I think that's no, that's ridiculous. Every single breastfeeding parent would have thrush right now in the world. Well, if yeah, that was the case. That just doesn't even like make sense. Like no. she doesn't even understand the biology. It kind of reminds me of I don't know if you're a Seinfeld watcher. You're a Seinfeld, yeah, watcher, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The one where the girl goes, "Yeah, I got gonorrhea from riding on a tractor in my bathing suit." That's what my boyfriend told me. <laughs> yes, and like that's the tractor story. <laughs> yeah, I got it from riding. I got gonorrhea. My boyfriend told me I got gonorrhea from riding on a tractor in my bathing suit. <laughs> It's like, this is what this reminds me of. I got thrushed yeah. by letting my baby breastfeed. Yeah. Yeah. Just their just wet mouth gave, my, gave me thrush. No, it didn't. No. Oh, my God. That's not what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. Along along those lines, I have one along those lines. Oh, God. Not that, not that line of myth, but just r- ridiculousness. Um, if you go too long in between feedings, your milk could curdle. Like it's a like you're walking around with a refrigerator, on? yeah, like, yeah. Like it's a dairy product. I mean, milk. You know, if you leave milk out or you don't drink milk for a long time, it goes rotten and it curdles. So, wouldn't it be logical to think that breast milk, if sat too long, would just curdle in the breast, in the breast, in your body? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but if you feed your baby too frequently, they're not getting enough milk. Right. That means you don't have enough milk. But right. if you don't feed them frequently enough, then you're giving them curdled milk? That's Is right. that, <laughs> then like, it's rotten. Yeah. It's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out in these big, huge clumps. It comes out in chunks. I was just going to say, yeah. Uh. That is so strange. I know. And actually, actually, speaking of chunks, if you get like a clogged milk duct and you like release the the clogged duct, you can see the clog come out. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like a chunk of milk and it comes out like a worm. Yeah. It's disgusting, but it's okay. They can just eat it. It's fine. It's like dries. Yeah. It gets all dried up. Yeah. It's really gross. But some people are like, oh my God, you know, that was coming out. Is Are they okay? Yeah. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. You can just let them nurse it out. It's actually good because they're like getting it out. What of my other ones? This might have come from, this might have come from actually from the baby shouldn't sleep with the breasts. I don't know. It, mm. This poor mom had like all sorts of crazy stuff that was told to her. Um, she was a patient I actually saw like face to face and she was told, so she had fed her baby and, and this was in the hospital still. So we're talking like a two day old baby. They're in the hospital. She had just fed the baby and the baby had that milk drunk look. Like they mm. were just like laying there oh. like, Ugh. and with her arms out and her head back and all this stuff. And the nurse came in and told her, to close the baby's mouth or the baby would become a mouth breather. <laughs> and so the mom was like freaked out. She's like, do I just like stand there while she sleeps and keep make sure her mouth is closed? And I'm like, no, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. I don't know. I just had a flash of like something coming on the market of like how to keep your baby's mouth shut while they sleep. Like so one of those become refrigerator locks. Yeah. Like a- <laughs> yeah. It'll attach to like the top of their nose and then the bottom of their chin and it'll keep their mouth shut and then they won't become mouth breathers and it'll be like the best selling product. 
Like that was, I was like, this is so strange. But That's this hilarious. is kind of this stuff that and like the thrush thing. Like these are these are mother baby nurses that yeah, are giving this right. information. And in this particular in these situations, it's like, are you telling this to every single patient you have? Because that is really spreading a lot of misinformation and a lot of just a lot of anxiety provoking information that you are passing on to these new parents. Stand there and watch your baby sleep and make sure they're not putting their mouth open. Like you just freaked that mother out and she's got a two day old baby and she thinks she has to stand there and watch her baby sleep to make sure her mouth is not open. Come on. (laughs) Like that doesn't even logically make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't even make sense. That's what most of this doesn't make sense. And how come it doesn't, how come when people say these things, they're not like, oh, that sounds really weird coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Like that sounds really weird. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, and also, so I have one, and 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 I can't even remember where this came from, but um, icing. If you put ice on your breasts, like if you need to ice your breasts for some reason, that your milk is going to be too cold and the baby won't like it. Yes, I heard that one too. What the hell? I heard that too, and I was like, no, that is not a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I heard that too, not too long ago, because I I always tell, especially when the milk first starts coming in and you're super full and engorged, like ice is what you're supposed to do because a lot of it is swelling. So I'm like, ice, 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 feed the baby, ice the breast. And I had a mom say, well, then I tried to feed the baby after that and the um, I think the milk was too cold. And I'm like, what? No, no. Yeah, you cannot change like your inner body temperature by like icing a part of your body. No. And it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's Just because totally, you're cold okay. doesn't mean like your core temperature is like, <laughs> so right, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> your milk is body temperature. Like that's just yeah. which is even when you feel cold, you're like, "Ooh, I'm cold." That doesn't mean that like your your like your core temperature inside your body is like different. And I used to when my first son was born, um, I used to run. So when my first son was born, I stayed at my parents' house for like six months because we had just moved back from North Carolina. So we he was born in July. So I, we stayed there until like um, end of December. And I was, I ran, I was a runner. So I would get up early in the morning and I would run before the baby even got up for, to eat usually. And it was, you know, winter in upstate New York is not pretty most of the time. And I would come back from my runs and like my eyelashes would literally be frozen. Like oh, I was, God. sometimes I would have like icicles ice on my crystals eyelid. on your, yeah. yeah. Or in like the, the um, hair of your nose. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's just like freezing. And I remember my mom being like, you cannot feed that baby. You are too cold. And she didn't mean it. Like the milk was going to be cold. I never even thought of that. Yeah. But I think she thought like putting the baby up against my skin. Cause I was so cold, but I wasn't like the, I was, you know, obviously I didn't run naked. Like I had running gear on. So it's not right. like I was. Well, you yeah, know, your my... body is still warm. Even right. when you're cold, your body, like your body is warm. If your body is not warm at like a t- normal temperature, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always, like, I, I mean, kind of contradicted know, beyond like a normal said. few degree fluctuation, which right. can happen. But I mean, like if you're actually like cold to the touch, <laughs> like an ice cube, you're like dead. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. Because I used to just contradict whatever my mother told me anyway. So I was like, right. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Just give me the baby. Um, but it was, 
you know, I never thought about like, oh yeah, my milk is cold. Like it never, but I'm also one that doesn't even like, I always, I, people ask me too, like, should I heat my baby's milk up? Like when they pump it and, you know, put it in the fridge or whatever. Yeah. Should I heat it up? I'm like, they'll take it cold. Give it to them cold. A right, lot of babies don't steps. care. Yeah. A lot of babies don't even care. So I think it's us that are like, oh my God, they can't have anything cold milk. They can't have cold milk. Yeah. Why not? I know. We drink cold things. And we don't like when we start giving them like water or something, you don't warm it up. Right. Oh, according to that one myth, they're getting it chunky. So, <laughs> yeah, gross. you're already giving him curdled milk. So I know cares? you're already giving it to him curdled. Right. What the hell? Why has it got to be warm? God. Do All right, I have one? a couple more. Okay, I have one more, but we okay. could do it. Like you could do another one, and then I'll do mine. Okay, so um, just I heard, just heard this. Like I, re- I don't even remember where I read it. So like something somebody said that you once you have a baby, if you're breastfeeding or whatever, like you won't want to go back to work. And like it bothered me. It rubbed me the wrong way because there's this whole thing, you know, of like stay at home moms are better than working moms or working moms are better than stay at home moms or whatever <laughs> fucking bullshit like people try to, you know, pit people against each other with. Um, and it bothered me because some people want to go back to work. And like mm-hmm. you don't you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Like if you really if you had a baby and you still want to go to work, like go to like do it. Like do what you want to do. Wanna just do what you want to do. I don't it irritates me that like we have to have this whole thing. And then telling people that they're not going to want to. Right. Oh, you're not gonna want to. You're just you're not gonna want to go back to work. Well you don't know what someone's gonna want. I know. Don't tell somebody. Some people find it very hard to be away from their children, but they feel really passionately about what they do and they do it Mm -hmm. and they should do it. And if you don't want to and you're able to, then don't. It's like really easy. Everyone should just shut the hell up. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that's really the basis of all myth episodes is everyone needs to shut shut up the hell. Yeah. All right. And then the other one. Okay. no, go ahead. Should I go? Um, Yeah. So this also came from our emailer because she emailed me again and was like, <laughs> I have one we more really, suggestion for you. We really do have a whole episode of her myth. I know. She um, said, I heard this from multiple friends and grandparents as well, but I'm sure you have too. What is your opinion on putting oatmeal or rice cereal directly oh. in the baby bottle to help them feel more satiated? My baby is almost eight months now, and I was told that the reason she has difficulty napping in the afternoon, early evening is because she may still be hungry and to feed her more satiating food so she can eat solids now. Since she won't eat it off a spoon in high quantities yet, so she suggested I put it in the baby bottle, change the nipple to a faster flow so it doesn't clog. I personally am not going to do this because it just sounds silly, but I know so many moms who are told this and I really wanted to share it with you. I sometimes offer an extra two ounces in a bottle if I feel empty and my baby still seems like she could eat a little bit more. Um, and then she kind of goes on to say that, like, you know, she's, it sounds like it's ridiculous advice. And she kind of got that from the podcast from listening to us. This is something we hear all the time. Put put some cereal in the bottle. Put some cereal in the bottle. Yeah, that's so it's so ugh. it's dangerous. It's totally dangerous. Do not do that. It is dangerous. It doesn't work. One of the things, too, that I think is totally lost on most people including the medical professional world, because a lot of times people will say, put a little cereal in the bottle if the baby's got really bad reflux because it'll thicken their feedings and help it stay down. Mm -hmm. First of all, that's bullshit. Second of all, 
jokes on everybody else because if you are if you're using breast milk for your baby's bottles, there is an enzyme in the breast milk that actually breaks down carbohydrates and it'll just break that shit down anyway. So it doesn't even thicken the milk because the milk breaks it down because it's amazing. So it's kind of like you're it's it's not worth it doesn't work. It doesn't work except to put your baby in danger. Right. And it's not going to like satiate that what a little teaspoon of cereal and that's going to like satiate them in their bottle. Your baby's not napping at daycare because they don't want to. Like that's yeah. what it comes down all to. All kinds of screamy babies and strangers around. It's overstimulating. It's an overstimulating. Not to make you feel guilty or anything. No, I but mean, it just, just is what it is. Like even yeah. if they're at a home babysit, you know, like wherever they they are, it's a different environment for them, and it might be changing. Plus, they might it might be a developmental thing. You know, a lot of times babies at that age, especially, they're going through so many developmental changes. It impacts their nap routines. It impacts their sleep. Like things just happen with babies. We should and we expect them to be on these very particular routines. And when they're not, we're like, oh, change their feeding. It's because of their feeding. Oh, like, yeah. Not always. Not right. always because of not the feeding. Not usually. No. So really try not to. And when somebody says to you, put something else in the bottle and then alter the bottle nipple to make it come. Like if there was if this was really something that was safe and OK, they would have something on the market for it. It's called a bowl and a spoon. And that's it. Like, come on. (laughs) You should not be putting stuff in your baby's bottles. And I know that this is a huge, can be a hugely cultural thing, but we really know that this is not safe practice for babies. It is not for a lot of reasons. One being choking, two being allergies, like three being that it's unnecessary. Like there's just so much. And 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 if they do get over full and they pass out and go into a deeper sleep, then they're developmentally ready to do. This is a SIDS risk. Yeah. It just is. Don't do it. No, don't do it. So that's a myth too. Don't put cereal in your baby's breast milk and it doesn't even work. Yeah. Um, and my last one is just because somebody messaged me again and we talk about this a lot, but you don't, don't have to pump and dump when you're having your medical procedures. No, you do not. Just breastfeed. Somebody messaged me. They're getting their wisdom teeth out. We're told that they had to pump and dump for 72 hours. 72 hours for wisdom teeth? Oh, my teeth? God. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't just like. And, the, you know, thank God they asked because they were kind of like, do I really need to do that? And, I'm, you know, no, just go home and nurse your baby. I actually had somebody ask me this the other day. Again, came from a mother baby nurse, this information. Oh, my God. And she because it was her first visit. Um, at the office with me and she asked about actually she's she was talking about how she goes it's kind of bad timing but I'm in like three weddings because it is wedding season now right yeah. so she's like I'm in like three weddings coming up and actually in a month I'm supposed to be going away for like a weekend with like a bachelorette party or whatever and she was asking about and I said well you know you can drink right like it's totally okay if you want to drink at these you know weddings bachelorette parties all that stuff and she said yeah like what is with that because what they told us in the hospital, what the nurse told us in the hospital was that I I could have one drink every two hours, but if I had four drinks, I had to pump and dump my milk. Ugh. And I'm like, what? What in the world? And I'm like, no. And so I was like, that's you know. Four, that would be four drinks over an eight hour period of time. Who's even out that long? I know. Who's out that long? And like, you're like, that first drink is like far metabolized out of your body even by then. Right. That doesn't even make any sense. 
And I said, but I was concerned and I'm like, I'm really glad we brought this up because she was actually supposed to go a, like away overnight without her baby for this bachelorette party. And I'm like, I don't want you to think that you could, if you had four drinks during that time frame where you're going to not even be with your baby because your baby is home with his, you know, with dad and you are out at this bachelorette party for an overnight weekend or whatever, that you have to dump all that milk out. Like that would be ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. I'm like, no, and she was like, oh, good. And I'm like, no, th- what is people just pull these numbers out of the air? They do. And it's like, no, that's no, we're not. No, don't ever dump. No, don't do that. Don't you can it. drink as much as you need to drink. Just have fun. Nurse your baby. If you can't take care of your baby because you're too drunk, then make sure somebody is there. Mm-hmm. Have a plan for that. That's the concern is the safety of your baby. Right. That's what it, I always tell Because of too. your drunkenness, not because of your milk. Yeah. There is not all that. Your baby is not, doesn't go from your mouth to your boob. That's not how it works. Nope. And I will link our alcohol episode in case anybody has not heard that yet, because that is a really good one. It's our most popular episode. But um, that will give you all. I wonder all if we should do that again. We should update it. We should maybe. probably do it again. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. And send it, keep sending us myths. We love them. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. As you we'll can just tell. Keep doing them episodes every few months based on what you tell us. What, love what, what people, <laughs> people are telling you. <laughs> and have a good one. Bye. Bye.